Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I am your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions. We've also got a couple closed Facebook roadie groups, one called Death... By Loadout. By Loadout. And the other one is the Backstage Pass. Check us out. It's kind of fun over there. Uh, tonight, I got my wonderful, amazing co-host with me, Kyle Thomas. How you doing, big dog? Buddy, you know, I was doing any better to have to be two of me. It's just, uh, we're lucky. I know, I saw you zooming around this morning. You know, I've never seen you with that much energy. Let me tell I you. I had coffee. One <laughs> cup of coffee, I feed you, and it's just like, oh, what do you need? I've stayed away from stimulants for a number of years uh, now. And so when I involve myself with them, it can get a little weird. And so that might have accounted for that pachinko bounce. We got thing. stuff done, yeah, let me right. tell you. That's right. That's what we do it <laughs> together. You know, that's how that works. Yeah, I love you, brother. Yeah, baby, you know it. Uh, anything new and fascinating and exciting? I know we got some folks in the shop. Yeah, I think uh, we have a group uh, of uh, my my girlfriend, Susie Dugan, and the lovely uh, Susie Dugan. Miss Hall that was just on the show. And uh, I think there's a couple other people over there. I'm sorry, I'm still I think we got Tim name. O'Connor rolled up. I think Travis. Travis Strain, yeah, Strain there's, there's a couple here. people over yeah, there. Yeah, they're, what, and they're, what is the... the it's all just a wireless workbench. Ah, they're, they're, uh, also, he's got the BAM magazine, BAM.com. Yeah. Um, and we know a lot of, of pretty famous people. I still thought it was hilarious getting an email from Dan Ashley, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, so, wait, so what? If you don't know who that is, Dan Ashley is a, somewhat of a local celebrity in our news uh, world up here in the Bay Area. Yeah. And he's been a monument, really a kind of institution. Uh, uh, he's always been there as long as I can remember, one way or another, is, a, is the, 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 the head, yeah. Talking head, tell us what's going on on any given day. And a sweetheart of a guy. It's too funny. Yeah. And, and so now you're, yeah, I understand what you mean. Uh, yeah. And he's, I believe he's going to come and visit us. Yeah. He is, yeah. A little thing to celebrate some accomplishments and things that he's uh, uh, doing now. And, but that's actually. Here nor there. Yeah. yeah let's just the, leave it at timing issues. the Bammy's thing is, is going to be killer. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we'll, uh, you'll hear more about it coming up in the future and ongoing things that we're going to be putting right here in this very space in our little soundstage for streaming events. Uh, something with uh, 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 Lauren Monroe Allen, which is Rick Allen's wife. Yeah. Rick Allen will co be coming in with his wife. Lauren, mm -hmm. is she's yeah, a fabulous singer. Yeah. They'll be and, dragging uh, a few people along with them. Melissa, Dave. Uh, uh, Let's leave it for a surprise. We'll, 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 we'll I think it's just beautiful that 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 it's lady's intention is is very pure, yeah. and and it's something to to really be uh, to shine light on. Is like she's putting so much of her money to a good cause. Like not only was that whole thing with you know Rick Allen and, and Def Leppard selling off all of their merch and stuff, yeah. and that all went to their crew, which is like- About 150,000 bucks. 150,000, yeah, I mean, right. that's enough for 12, 20 people. I don't know how many people are on their crew, but that's However a substantial it amount. It was the, just the idea behind it. Yeah. We do know a lot of folks that, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the certain side of the business that, um, that are comp they can miss a little work, not do some shows, and they're gonna be fine, typically the artists but of they, their crews are struggling in many ways and right now. And some, of, some bands, some folks, uh, Zach Wilde and some other folks we're aware of have uh, found ways to reach out to their crew and kind of give them a little stipend to hold them over until we get back on our feet. It's like, hey, we, we don't have a retainer for bands. you guys, right. but yeah. we, we 
generated all this money. It's like, yeah. to me, that was so beautiful to hear that. It was just a nice change. I like how they kind of stepped out of the box. Instead of just reaching into the band account, they said, how, what can we take that's already an asset of ours? You know, backstock of merch, yeah, right? feed it back. drum heads and sticks, and sling those off. And it's a, you know, remarkable uh, reduced rate over the normal. Well, so yeah. Merch like so that. her and her efforts, funny. her efforts by uh, let alone like being attached to Rick, because she doesn't want to have him be the image, right? That's the beautiful part. Is like she for wants sure, to have her sure. own music and her own footing in this. And I thought for that to be at the forefront and such a good cause as a backing, it was like I'm really excited to work with her. She's a particularly lovely woman, and uh, we'll be really lucky to have her in this space uh, celebrating that cause, her music, the project that her, her husband and her have come up with. I believe she kind of is the, she's the out front of that, and he just, you know, back there supporting yeah, the with some drums. And, That's right. And, uh, you know, they're a beautiful couple, and it's a lovely scene, and uh, very excited to have them in. Uh, and I believe we'll be doing that here in a couple of days. Totally. Uh, building off of that and going forward. Um, hey, what, a, one other thing, though. Give it to me. What do you got? That swag box is still pretty full, mm. and I think we need to get a few more people's contacts to send this stuff out to. So if you guys want a bag of swag, like some shirts, uh, maybe like a pocket reference and a coffee cup and stuff, send us your information. Either DM me or, or Vince or get a hold of us one way or another and we'll, we'll send you a box of goodies. Send us your sizes too so we can send you the appropriate thing. Yeah. Socks, we got socks. We got socks. <laughs> and we got shirts and we got hats. We got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so. goodies, swag, you know, old school, swag, same old shit. Swag. Um, so, and you got the, you're guarding that. that you got, you're also taking care of uh, Instagram? I am. I'm still on Instagram. I still am adding to our podcast so we got it all set up so you can still find us on, uh, uh, let's see, pretty much every platform, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Pandora. Uh, I think we got a new one, TuneIt, today. Yeah, we got accepted Stitcher, for Stitcher. There's Amazon, a, there's a bunch of them. You, the giggle, I think we're on the giggle. Any place that you listen to a podcast, we're there. Yeah. Just look us up now. <laughs> Go find us there. You can hear what we're doing, and you know that's exactly what we want. That's why we do it. So hopefully, one of those platforms will be available to you. And of course, we're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook Live, and Twitch. So hope that's where you're seeing us on one of those platforms. Uh, subscribe if you like us. Enough said. Listen, I'm I'm chomping at the bit here and the continuing effort to get the best and the brightest people with uh, you know exemplary careers that kind of speak to the um, almost uh, really in the, in the in the case of tonight's guest you pulled us a nugget it's full nugget it, this is it's like it's like the history of rock and roll over the last 40 fucking years and this is no exaggeration you're gonna find it for yourself i could go through it and give it a big long thing i even wrote it up i'm gonna be, do this more natural he's worked for if you want your show to go right if you need your crew to act right and get it done on time doors open bam show rock and roll you hired this guy. This guy's got a track record between Journey and Van Halen and The Who and Dio. It's ridiculous. He's also known, and this makes him a little nervous and uncomfortable, as one of the nicest guys in rock and roll. And I personally can testify to that. He's the one. He's the only. It's Scotty Ross. Scotty Ross. Thank how you, are thanks. you, my brother? It's thank so you, good Alan. to see you. Thank you for coming in tonight. Yeah, thank you. How have you been, buddy? How have you been taking care of yourself? I've been good. I mean, this. Uh, we were... Full into with Journey. Yes, sir. Full into uh, doing three warm-up dates in May. We were going to take off, and uh, not to be. 
Not to be. Yeah. Shut it down. Super sad. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we had you booked on before, and I know you got a little cold, and you were thoughtful enough to say, hey, maybe we should rebook this so we don't have to share that. Yes. But and we missed you that night. Um, what are the secrets? What have you been doing? You, you, you know, you've always had this reputation, and I've never seen you do anything, but, but it, knowing how to carry yourself and keep a good mental headspace and sharing that with the people you work with, what's the secret there? Um, with the people I work with, it's just being... It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of my father's, you know, little things like, you know, show somebody respect that you would want them to show you. You know what I mean? Sure. Treat people as and, you wish to be treated. And it, he had a big thing, and Ronnie Dio was the best at it, and that was, uh, so it, cool. you always learn a person's name. Yes, sir. And, it, I mean, Ronnie was scary. He'd come back like three years later and know a person's name. I mean, That's special talent. Yeah, I mean, that's that was, special. That was scary. But uh, my dad said the same thing, and I, I would do the same thing. It's just, you know, it's out of respect. Absolutely. No, you, you couldn't be more wrong. There's little things like that. They seem obvious, and, but it's, it's, I feel like some of these little details in modern life with some of the younger folks, the pleases and the thank yous and the eye-to-eye yeah. -eye contact. Oh, yeah. Some of the stuff that we were well-trained in, and in, in that was a way you interacted in a polite society in a respectful Society um, is, I see some of it dipping off. The, uh, I think maybe there's a slightly different focus on what it is to parent and what kind of outcome you're looking for in a kid to be successful in life. And I, I don't think they're doing it quite the way we were raised, guys. I don't believe so either. I think a lot of it was military. I think you're right. A lot of our, a lot of our fathers were, yes, sir. were military or mm -hmm. raised by military or just strict parents. Right. I mean, yeah, there I mean, was a my time. mom went to work. I think she was like twelve. And that, you know, that's in San Leandro, Canaries. That is amazing. You know, and uh, so different. That's pretty much what it was. You know. Well, we, you know, as a father and a grandfather, I keep my fingers crossed. I'm lucky. I was lucky. I was born with a really down to earth, uh, mellow kid that, that does the right things. But um, you know, <clears throat> we always hope for the best. Uh, listen, you've had an amazing career. I noted some of your accomplishments. Uh, it's, it, it's fascinating to me to have been in the game as long as you have. And it's really- it's still alive. Yeah, and kicking <laughs> it and looking good. And, and I mean that now, really, you're keeping, you're keeping this thing working pretty well, brother. Yeah, a little thick. Hey, that just happens, man. Around 47, I realized that I had to stop eating whole pizzas thinking I was gonna walk that shit off because it, it wasn't happening no more. It was so, 50 with me. It was a 50? Yeah, 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 it's just that time, man. It just <laughs> the, the, flip, the switch gets flipped and the metabolism goes away. And yeah. you know, now I look at a, a tub of Ben and Jerry's, I might as well just tape it to my ass because it's, it's staying <laughs> wherever if I, if I take it. Um, tell me, uh, give me the elevator pitch on what led you to get into this business. Actually, it was a, it was a funny thing. It was uh, a Y&T show, which I went to school with Minichetti, Okay. Dave Minichetti, sure, the guitar sure. player mm -hmm. and writer. And, uh, God, we lived within a three-block radius of Leonard Hayes, Dave Minichetti, Phil Kennemore lived up in, by King Junior High School. And then Joey came along later sure. from the San Lorenzo boys. And uh, it was, uh, that's how I got into it. I went to see a show to actually, um, actually beat the shit out of, out of the promoter of the show. <laughs> that sounds very because reasonable. Because he had pushed a, either a friend of mine's, I don't even remember, a friend of mine's girlfriend or 
or maybe it was my girlfriend, I don't know, but it had, had manhandled her. Not and, and he was a little dweeb, and it was like, so I went there to, to beat the shit out of him, yeah. and Dave goes, oh, you have a Volkswagen bus. <laughs> he goes, can you maybe take some cabinets home for us? Right. And this is in seven okay. in Oakland, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because we were all born and raised in Oakland. And, uh, and it was like, sure. And that was the beginning, and, and that carried on through our graduation, and we went to Washington, and did the whole Northeast, or Northwest, I For a minute there, Y&T were killing it. I believe it's yeah. the first place I met you at an album release party. I want to say me and George, we was in Monterey. Mm -hmm. And I want to say early 80s. I can't place the year. I don't want to start pulling shit out of my or, ass. But. No, it would, have, it would have been 70s. Yeah, then, I was with them from 73 until 75. And then, and then, then I went to Journey. It's the same management. Well, the first time I saw Y&T was definitely a, an album release party in Monterey, and they were still kind of working it out, you know, Climbing coming up. up. And then they just went boom, and and had quite a career. But they never went boom. They, they went. They, they would open up for the Scorpions, and yeah. Uh, and I think they were. You know, there's like Ellis Costello. Some bands are like musicians get it. It's like music for musicians opposed to for y the masses. And Y&T was that way. Yeah. I always felt like they had the chops, they had the thing. And, you know, most of us in our careers, we've seen opening acts that we thought, God damn, they, they got something. They should, oh, yeah. That should work. And it doesn't. And nothing happens. And it certainly isn't necessarily because the band wasn't good. Right. It's something, some of our part of the, of the, you know, the recipe wasn't in place. Or just the luck. Sometimes it's just luck. Right. It could be the exposure to management back then. Uh, albums, you know, labels had a lot to do with oh, yeah. uh, viewer successful. Yes, yeah. yes, radio stuff. Absolutely crazy, very different time. I'm not going to do this interview linearly. We talked about it. We're going to bounce around a little it's bit. Fine. But but you have such a remarkable career. Talk to us, uh, you know, a Bay Area, a legendary uh, Bay Area band, uh, which I worked which with. Was, <laughs> I always started, did some work with him and George with, with Starship, but you came up with them and did Starship, but with, when it was uh, Jefferson Airplane? Did uh, you work with them? No, Jefferson Starship. Jefferson Starship. Yeah, it was, it was 1980, mid-1980. I started with them. Uh, I left Journey yeah. and went on to, uh, to Starship and did them till 82, and that's when Grace came back. Right. And uh, from there, you know, it's like I, I had to go to the band and ask them if I could leave to do a band that was like worldwide, mm -hmm. which was Men at Work. Yeah. And it was like my chance to go around the world, you know. Well, talk to me about that. So that was the first, Men at Work was the first guys that took you and spread yeah, you out we like went, that? We went every, I mean, well, that was no, no country unseen. They were really hitting it big. They had that that two break. top ten. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And they had did they had a minute there where they just kind of owned that slot. I'm not sure even how to a minute. Yeah. Well, you that's know. That's what it was. Yeah, and it's just the nature of this game. Yeah. There are very few Rolling Stones out there, you know, that yeah. can keep that longevity and that, the stamina of just that effect. Well, Journey does it. I Journey. Mean, we yeah. still sell out. You know, to their credit, Neil. Yeah. Neil is. Uh, a driven man, we know this, and, oh, yeah. and uh, clever as hell. And when he came up with uh, that singer, uh, my God, what a... Arnell, yes. Yeah, Arnell is in, in incredible. Yeah. He's an incredible force of his talent. And, and a nice man. Uh, I, Just I've, a beautiful I've man. I've only had a 
how you doing kind of backstage interaction with him, nothing more. And I, you, know, you hear the stories, I know, I guess at first for a minute there, I guess he was a little homesick and, oh, and yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I know <clears throat> around the year mark, he started yeah. getting a little one back to get to the Philippines and, and yeah, that interesting time. It was odd for me though, because that was full circle for me because yeah. I went from Y&T yeah. to Journey from 75 to 80 mm -hmm. and then to Starship. But I, you know, in 2013, I came back to Journey. Wow. And that's where I kind of want to retire. Yeah, that makes and, sense. But this whole pandemic just... Throw a monkey wrench in that. Fucked that up. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's yet to see how this is all going to play out. Who was the first band you were a tour manager for? Uh, tour manager was Ronnie James Deal. Oh, man. What and a, he was, he was, it was weird because I had been production manager for other bands. And, mm -hmm. and he goes, well, we want you to do production and tour management. And I was like, oh. And Ronnie's productions weren't small. <laughs> no. They were like, you know. He's the real they deal. They were like pyramids that tops came off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dragons that went out. And yeah, that's right. Got stuck on a wire that. We're trying to get out, and you're pushing it behind. I love those moments in the oh show. God. I those always, uh, that's was, the stuff you remember Everybody's forever. looking at each other like, what's going on? And the snake's head is caught in a wire, and it's yeah. not going out. And, uh, that's perfect. All of a sudden, it breaks loose, and the thing goes, Phew, <laughs> Like almost, a rocket. Uh, yeah, yeah, almost to off stage. You know? uh, Takes off funny. down the stage. <laughs> Listen, I, if, uh, now maybe my research is wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tourlink uh, gave you tour manager of the year 2014? And 2007. Okay, let's not be, yeah. you know, bragging too much here, sir. Well, <laughs> tour was, manager of the year for Tourlink is a pretty good deal. How'd that make you feel? Good. Yeah. Incredible. Right? I mean, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's, that's from your peers. No doubt. No, and no. and uh, 2007 was with Hillary Duff. No way. Which was, yeah, which was, I mean, I got pulled into that one was like, it was pretty heavy. I mean, it was, it was like, she was like the biggest thing going there. Yeah, she was killing it in that, yeah. in that era. That's right. We went, we went from, from doing clubs to theaters in like two months. Oh, and wow. then from theaters in like the fourth month, we were in arenas. And, you know, it's like. That's oh, a I, quick turnaround. R oh, yeah. Ralph Bastriangelo helped me like build, the, I mean, because I was on the road with her. Yeah. And like I said, doing production and tour managing. And so it, he helped me build the whole stage setup, you know, and what have you. Well, he's legendary in his own right. I always, I see his stuff on social media every so often. And the, I, I don't think I've ever seen a more proud father. That guy. No, he's a good man. He, he loves his kids and any spare oh, yeah. he got, he seems he's with the kids and he's doing something fun and exciting. And yep. yeah, I kind of admire him for that. And plus he's just a kind of a badass in his own right. Yeah, he's so a good yeah, he's always a good time. You know, you're working with him. Um, you, you mentioned your time with Journey. We both know 75 to 80, they were kind of murdering it, right? I mean, they, they were starting. I mean, 75 was, was actually pre Steve Perry. Yeah. Who and was the original singer? The original singer was Greg Raleigh. Wow. The keyboard player. Yeah. And then they had it for a minute. They had, like you said, for a minute they had Robert Flashman, who wrote Wheel in the Sky. Great song. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he came on, and, and, then, uh, and then Steve came on. Steve brought a little something special to it. Yeah, he did, huh? You know? You uh, yeah, and uh, interesting cat, incredibly talented guy. I, uh, I remember seeing him one time, and I walked up to him, and he had this little mustache which just was not working. 
it just, just had no earthly place to be on uh, his face. And I couldn't help myself. I just walked up and said, Steve, been a minute. The mustache has got to go. I swear to God. Shave the worm. <laughs> Shave I swear to Christ. He came out later. He was like, you know, we done sound check. We were nibbling on some food or some shit. And, and then uh, there's three or four hours before, before he's actually, he's meant to be on stage. And he rolls out freshly shaved. And I thought, oh, man, I, I didn't hurt his feelings. <laughs> he probably did. That's uh, all right. He's been known to be a little teeny bit since. Let's talk about the evolution <laughs> with... I love uh, the underbreath. Yeah. Well, you know, the rule we mentioned before. Yeah. It's a it's a hard fast rule, but is. we do tickle around the edge a little I bit. You know, give a little flavor without mm-hmm. giving all the. You know what I mean? I yeah. We don't want to overburden it with too much garlic, but a little pinch never hurt. Just to That's toss good. that in. A little sting. Talk. Yeah. Talk about the evolution with Journey, because okay. I, I mean, I know you didn't come in running the thing. Yeah, when you, what, Me? How did, yeah. How did oh, you st- no, I was, I was in as Ainsley's drum tech. Wow. And that was, you know, in 75 when I came in. And I was his drum tech, moved up to stage manager, um, and uh, stage manager then went to... I, I was trying to learn from Buster Weary how to rig mm-hmm. and got stuck on, a, on an air conditioning vent in Nashville, Tennessee at the municipal auditorium, I think it was. Oh, shit. I got my belt stuck. Ooh. And they had to come up and get me, and that was the end of my rigging career. So you said maybe I'll stay closer to the ground? Yeah. Yeah. There's about to be so, um, And then I became the very last, <coughs> excuse me, very last year I was there, I became production manager. And uh, that's to say, you know, what happened. It was time to move on. Yeah. But you worked your way through the ranks all the yeah. way to production manager. All the way to production manager. I mean, that's that's the story. I, I of, was young. I was young for that. I mean, well, I, I, they seem to have always been one of those kind of bands that's willing to keep the young, the younger folks in the mix in a, <coughs> in a place other than just you know pulling feet or and instead so they give you opportunities in that band. And, right, uh, and then you make your own opportunities too. Of course, that's you know a big part of it was the fact that you're a logistics master and. And a super good guy, and you carry yourself uh, different than many others in the game. It's funny because I was mentioning our uh, uh, Benny Collins, right. a dear, dear friend and a legend in the game. You know, he was uh, uh, Madonna and Michael Jackson right. and, and Journey, of course. And your styles are, you know, very different. He Except had, I don't talk like he that. Didn't, he don't have a voice. You need that, that southern bullpen. I love that, that guy. Yeah, he, he was, was a, one brother. of a kind. He was a real one brother. of a kind, and sorely yeah. missed. Uh, one of the sadder uh, last loadouts I've ever been to is that one, uh, or maybe it's just as we get older, we get a little more, a little more uh, emotional. I don't know because you know, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, I but, mean, people are close. Yeah, that one. And, I remember there was some tears involved with that one. That one, that oh, one yeah. sucked a little bit. That one, Marshall. Oh, Marshall, Marshall Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. yeah, that was a real. We've got some of his ashes on the wall in there, and a little vial. I got a little bindle. You remember how they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. Um, tour, uh, Van Halen, Van Halen, one of the biggest rock bands ever to to grace the planet. You had a a, 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 a very integral history with them. Talk to me about Van Halen. Your experience with Van Halen. Uh, Van Halen, I got, I got the job, actually, I did Poison before that, mm-hmm. in their heyday, which was, I mean, those guys were huge. Yeah. They talk about too much, too fast. Probably correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but they were, they were great, and then, and then I went to, to Van Halen for 12 years. Yeah, that's... The longest move I've made, you know, longest period of time. 
And this is the during this, the Hagar years. Yes. And the Gary, is it, how do you pronounce the? Gary Sharon. Sharon, yeah, yeah. I always tr struggled with his last name. He was from Extreme, I think. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Great singer. Oh, amazing. I mean, amazing singer. He also could play guitar fairly well. Uh, uh, I didn't hear him. That was Nuno. Oh, uh, uh, From Extreme, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. But, um, yeah, that was, that was great years. Enjoy your time with Van Halen. Loved it. It was like, you know, who could ask for anything more? Yeah, that's right. That's some special stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff you get to tell the grandchildren about, and they'll be like, who's Van Halen? Uh, <laughs> that's also a thing that uh, I find curious is the young people aren't very willing to look back in time and the music that has uh, inspired the music that is to, of today. And I feel like they're missing out a lot on some of the... I don't know. My kids, my kids grew up like going to the mountains every weekend mm -hmm. and uh, to go skiing. They learned how to ski when they were three. Wow. And, the, I mean, they, they knew all the music that we listened to. I think that's I mean, just my, my being raised in your household, though. My stuff is Rick James. Wow. You know, James Brown. Sure. My son loves Rick James. I mean, it's just from us going in the mountains and listening to it, you know. Exposure. And we always had vehicles that had sound systems. Yes, of I course mean, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine. It was probably, being, uh, probably fun being a kid in your house. You know, yeah. some of the stuff daddy got up to and oh, the, yeah. the cool ass record collection. And yeah, yeah, the, 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 the exception to the rule, I think, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you used to drive this uh, gold Cadillac, uh, it was a 65, I think, um, yeah. that you were known for taking Journey into shows with Van Halen. No, it was Van Halen. It was just Van it was Halen. Van, it, was, it was my L.A. car. Your L.A. vehicle. Instead of, of renting a vehicle, uh, I talked to the band's uh, accountant and business manager and talked to the band first, of course, and then talked to the business manager and said, what if I bought my own car that I knew was like in top shape and yeah. had seat belts and I could take all the band? And I said, I bought it and you kind of rented it from me. And it was insured under me, which, you know, I have a big umbrella policy and stuff. So Sure. And they went, sure. So I bought the vehicle, you, I think you see. Uh, there it goes, right there. There it Isn't is. That's a beautiful thing. You know, it's convertible, 65 convertible. They do not make them like that anymore. <clears throat> Which ended up being bought for me by a, a heart surgeon from John Muir. Okay. And he put it on auction and gave the proceeds to, um, God, where was it? Um, some, I think Bridge South school or something. Like South that. Africa. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and they, they built they built like schools and hospitals. And did they use the, the did they use the the history of the vehicle to help increase yeah, the value? Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is I the mean, Van Halen car, the, the Scotty yeah, Ross Van Halen and, car. And the Journey guys signed it. Ah, that's you know, very when cool. we were in, in LA or in uh, Las Vegas, they signed it and it was but it wasn't I mean that car was I've had that car for ten years. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. It was gorgeous. Hell of a car. If people have never ridden in these old school cars, we were talking before the right. show. Um, they were kind of they were kind of a special thing. It was kind of there was a, a weird combination of as much power as you need while driving a couch. Right. And it had this very 
kind of remember the suspension in those? They kind right. of did that. that Floaters. Very, yeah, it was just it was yeah, really a special thing. I kind of miss those cars. I, I yeah. miss my caddy, and I'm sure you do every so often with yours. Uh, I got kind of a, a tricky question. It's not tricky. It's a little tongue in cheek, but I know you worked with uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Yes. And as uh-huh. you know, they kind of had a resurgence that every so often comes up based on a Saturday night Saturday night, Saturday night live skit. The one the, where they're they're doing the recording, uh, "Don't Cal Fear Bell. the Reaper," and they're doing the cowbell. Yeah. Ryan Will Ferrell's like losing his mind. Right, right. That's a classic skit. <clears throat> I'm curious, in your time with Blue Oyster Cult, did you actually ever hear anybody say more cowbell? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I was in charge of Godzilla. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Godzilla was on a forklift. He used to raise up <laughs> above above the drummer, and I yeah, got yeah. to kill him. No shit. I, actually, I mean, well, at the end of Three years, I got to kill You're Godzilla. Th- I mean, kill him with a sledgehammer. Like that's legendary. Oh, that thing was the biggest pain in the ass. Oh yeah, so <laughs> every night fun. something messed up. Yeah, never fun. It, it was like Ronnie's, Ronnie Dio's, uh, all his props. Yeah. Oh, somebody—it's the Spinal Tap moment, you know. Exactly. He comes out of the cocoon, and the other ones are locked up. Then his arm gets locked in. It's just—you oh, yeah. you, know—it's. Oh uh, yeah. You might want to keep uh, small children, animals, and props pieces off of your set of your off of your stage if you're trying to make it quick, easy, and fun. But you know, they always throw stuff at us to make it a little more challenging, more interesting. That's that's the game. You know, nowadays uh, the bells and buzzers and whistles they throw at shows are endless between pyro, Cairo, uh, lighting, lead. It's just yeah, LED, it, uh, LED and yeah, lead walls. Projection it just doesn't end. It's a nuts. I was looking through your resume, and one thing that jumped out that I thought was interesting was that you did some work with Shakira. Yeah, I did um, her. It was a promo tour. Okay. For hips don't lie, the record. That was kind of a big deal. Well, it, it was huge that, with Wyclef. Worldwide, no shit. With Wyclef, mm-hmm. and and we went, God, throughout Europe doing that. Well, that and must have was, shocked the shit out of him. And it was it was amazing. I mean and she is a major talent. I mean she knows exactly extraordinarily disciplined and, focused. and knows exactly I mean she yeah. won't do any ad lib thing or like not ad lib um uh stuff that's pre recorded. Yeah. It's all gonna be live. She didn't do the track act thing. And she no, exactly. Yeah, and right. she doesn't she wouldn't do any track that she didn't have the actual musician or, or a player. Like, like if it was Congo on there, that'd be Congo live. That's, you know? uh, that's beyond professionals, that's integrity. Yeah. You know, and that's... Um, She's a talent, man. I was watching this thing uh, on her recent appearance on the Super Bowl and what it took for her to get that all done. And apparently she went into a soundstage for two months and worked a... a, a uh, 50 odd people between dancers and band I can to that. the bone, you know, uh, <clears throat> until they fell over every night to get that thing done. And that's impressed me as uh, just who she was, you know, it's just the way her work ethic is solid. Yeah. And enjoyable experience. Uh, yeah, very much. Yeah. Very lovely, much so. But, but like I said, pretty strict. Mm. I mean, she, uh, she actually, I, I, had, I had one thing, I think it was in Madrid, where the, the piano player, was in a, uh, 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 what do you call it, lift. Oh, sure. In center stage. And, and I had already timed it. When I started the lift, what time, you know, how long, how many seconds it took for it to reach stage. And then that way she would leave the interview point and go over to the stage 
and do the song. Well, it, it's like, it's just something natural that you do when you're production manager to time it, see how long it's going to take. Absolutely. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> but it was funny because she, um, she asked me, came right up front and asked me, how long does it take? And, I, and I, when I said it, it took 11 seconds, she went, wow, okay. <laughs> she was impressed that Yeah, she was impressed that uh, I But knew. you were standing there just as impressed like, that she asked yeah. that question. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I yeah. really was. Yeah. Now, that's a yeah. pro. She, yeah. That's a real pro and somebody who cares about the art. And that's all I've ever known of her myself yeah. is that she's, she is one. She's a real deal. She's yeah, a professional. She's an artist. Some people were born to do this job. Right. Uh, you know, some people were born to do the Scotty Ross role. You're an ape-type personality, and you ought to lead men and women and get a thing done under deadline and under pressure. She was born to be a rock star. Yeah. And it's just that simple. And talking about born to be a rock star, uh, you know, um, I, I don't fanboy very much. I don't, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I think the last time I was impressed by anybody was hanging out in the bathroom with Greg Almond, just tripping out like, wow, you... <laughs> You were married to Sherry, you crazy tall bastard. You know, it was like it was this weird moment I was having with him. I can't even explain it. You weren't staring at him in the No, no, way. hell no. But I was just sitting there realizing I was, I was having trouble urinating because That's I'm when he hanging out on with leg, Greg's right? like right next to me. And we're like, and I realized what a mammoth of a man he was. And he's got this lion's mane of hair. Right. You know, it's just it was probably the first and only time I've ever been super impressed. But this entry on your resume is one of my favorite people. Uh, Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. That had to be great. I've only had the luxury of seeing him live as a, as a fan, as a well, guest. He's an amazing man. Oh, I dude. mean, it, of all people, and my wife will say the same, that he was the nicest man that I've worked for. I'm not, the nice. I've heard a lot of stories from a lot of different people <laughs> about a lot of different artists, and all I've ever heard about Ronnie James Dio <coughs> is he was just... A true consummate professional and a gentleman. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was like either he liked you or he didn't. There it was no in between. It wasn't good to be on that side of it. I wouldn't want to be on that side. Yeah. And he, he was, you know, I was surprised. First time I saw him, it was, uh, I think it was for the Heaven and Hell tour with Black Sabbath. And and we got close up and somehow another and interacted and and it, was, it blew me away. He's a, he was a tiny little guy. Torture midget. He was a tiny little dude. <laughs> That's I, what we call him. I don't know what his actual height was, but he was really surprising. Five yeah, about five five one. And tiny. but that voice it would just come up. Yeah. I mean, and he could write his lyrics. Were, I was always enjoyed his work. It was a he good was just time a for you. Sweet him. man, though. What the the nicest man I've ever worked for. Yeah. I mean, the nicest. Legendary. Uh, just you know, amazing. Artist. Like I said earlier about the. Uh, could remember names. Yeah, that's impressive. And it's just, it was in, unreal. Incredibly helpful in a civilized world. And, yeah. you know, talk about a guy that saw the whole world. You know, there wasn't one, I don't think, one bit of it he didn't put a foot right. on. And uh, what an impressive career. It was sad when he passed away. Yeah, it very much was. But, but uh, in, in amazing. It was so <laughs> to you for having that experience and, and making that he thing. He was the man that brought yeah. me into tour managing. Super, super lucky. Oh, I... I noticed you worked with Saliva. Now, Saliva, ah. and I enjoy the shit out of this band. That, they are great. Yeah, right? Rockin' band. They really, I think they were they the best. Played. At that time, they were the best live band. 
out there. They really, could, when they put their foot in the gas, man, they brought a show. And I remember uh, seeing, I don't know where the hell it was, but they were opening up for some. I think it was actually for like Nickelback. They, yeah, I think Nickelback Cedar. and them had some some <clears throat> deal they did with like a Spider-Man movie Spider-Man, or something. Spider-Man, exactly. And, and, uh, and I, was a, I was there as a tech. And again, hard to impress. And they came on and I had to stop what I was doing. I was in a, a position that allowed for that. And I stood stage right and just watched that happen and was a fan from that moment on. Just an impressive, did you enjoy that experience? Yeah, Josie, Josie yeah. the lead singer. Great singer. Josie Scott was an amazing lead singer. Yeah. I mean, and he, he like, commanded the audience yes he had it uh, well, that was what i noticed was he had a kind of an ability to lift him up yeah. pull him forward and push oh, yeah. him yeah that's a I talent mean, in itself he was one of the guys that started that whole thing that's right yeah you know where everybody's pogoing and highly yeah. underrated band and yeah. uh I, what happened was is they had the song click click boom mm-hmm. and it was when 9 11 happened ah. and that song was moving up the charts and i think it was number two and they had to and and they it. pulled it. Yeah, of course. And that kind of ended there. That's rough. Yeah, was... that's rough. It, it, that's just part of the game. But um, yeah, it, I, I was surprised they didn't do better. Now that makes sense why yeah. that might have been a, a stumbling block. And plus, that in that period of time, there was you know it was the guitar-driven music largely, and that's that seems to have kind of. Well, they they had. A, I mean, Wayne Swinney is like an amazing guitar player. Yeah. And they had Chris DiBaldo, who was rhythm guitar. Who was like solid? I mean, that band was a great band. Yeah, they brought. The, it was, it was a very full, live, big, complete live. Sound, it was like you know, you know yeah, rock your socks off. Excellent, excellent <laughs> um, uh, live performance. That, that's all the way I knew them is to, to just kill it live. Um, what's this deal about? You know, I mentioned in the, the intro that you are known, and now you know I've had a lot of badasses on the show, and we'll talk about who's coming up next, and 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 that's a Oh, you got Scotty Ross coming on. Yeah, he's, he's the nicest guy I ever met in this game. What is the secret to that? How do you get a reputation among some of the, the most accomplished people in this industry as being the nicest guy in rock and roll? That, is a, that, that term is a term that was used uh, by more than one of, of my former guests. Uh, just be, tr- just treat people as you'd like to be treated. My God, dude, it's... It's, it's not rocket science. It's rock and roll. You know I mean? <laughs> in Starship, we had jackets that said that. It's not rocket science, it's rock and roll. That's kind of perfect. That it. What have you been doing to keep yourself busy this last uh, six uh, months? Trying to work on the garage and the yard and Honey, all do that this? stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's good. I, know, I, I just finally got a hall light working after about a year. <laughs> you got the time for it. Yeah, well, yeah, but the problem is it, we just switched out offices because I'm not sure if I'm going to retire or not. But we switched out offices and Trish went in to my office. So now I find myself like in the front room just like looking at my phone, not even on the computer. Oh, so no. it's kind of cool. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know what I need to get done. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what we're going to do. I like to build cars. Hey, you also like uh, Volkswagen, Schwins, and knives. Stingrays, and Stingrays, knives. old old Schwins, knives, and yeah. guns. Hey, he's got a knife collection that rivals yours, Ben. Oh, I, I bet oh, it's yeah. way better than Easy. mine. Easy. Yeah, see, yeah. And this is, by the way, this is just enough to keep me out of you guys. And you don't have any Ber- Berlin's, like the kind that goes straight in and straight out. Oh, stiletto. I found them to be. Uh, inc- I thought stiletto was the Italian one. 
uh, I've found stilettos are very um, undependable. If you need to use a knife in a, in a moment, oh. you're having a moment, the stiletto is not your friend. They tend to retract when you need to engage them in a way to do business. But not the Italian one. Well, I, I, I guess I think I was probably the, the few that I've interacted through the years with, because they're fun to play with and they look cool, uh, were the, uh, the south of the border ones. Yeah, and, no, no, mine, mine's from Berlin. Oh, see, you know, that's a, probably a really it's, great it's piece. Got a, it's got like a spring from a 57 Buick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you put it up to this road case and it'll go right through it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, don't leave that laying around. It'll turn up missing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying because, you know, I roll by and swipe it. Um, you worked with the, the Who. The Who, yes. Uh, what happened uh, was Rob, or Rob, uh, Roy Lamb, who's the production manager, mm -hmm. his wife Jenny had a, had a massive heart attack. Wow. And they were just in rehearsals in uh, Florida. And, he, and, and I had just left the Celtic Woman thing. Yes, sir. The, the Irish thing. And, and he said, hey, you're off. Uh, and I mean, I, just, I had just come home from South Africa. And it was like the next Monday, he goes, uh, your bag's still packed? I go, yeah, why? And he goes, can you come down to Florida and take this over for me? I go, sure. Wow. So I, I took it over for, I think, three months. What an opportunity. And yeah, it was a quadrophenia. Wow. And the guys were so nice. The crew was so nice. I mean, everybody was like, you know, treating me like gold. That's really good. And it was really nice. It was a lot of fun. I know Pete likes to keep a, a real close hand on things in the operation of the band. Uh, any special challenges there? He, he's a, a large, tall man. He's a very tall man. I mean, he's like 6'5 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every day when I, I'd meet him and I'd meet Roger at their car mm -hmm. and bring him back to the dressing room. And Pete would always grab my ear. Well, how's it going? <laughs> and that was it. He'd reach of, down and grab yeah, your ear. Yeah, exactly like this. You know, and and like, I'd walk in the dressing room. But very kind people, yeah. treated me really well. I worked with Rex King, oh, no who's kidding. been a dear friend, you know, a yeah, tour you, manager forever, yeah, yeah. and one of my idols. You know, right. Rex King is like. Yeah, he was he was a little ahead of you. Oh, and way in the, in the, in the time frames of things, and oh, yeah. uh, kind done, of to, to say the least, a legend. In, yeah, that's right. You know, all the yeah. all my idols. Right. Know? Well, are you are you a big guitar fan? Do you have a preference? Uh, uh, yeah, drum you mean, guy, you guitar guy. Uh, all of it. Well, you, oh. you mentioned what made me say that is that we were just talking about Pete Townsend, you know, mm -hmm. the windmill of death. And then you brought up Eric Clapton. And I was just going to ask you about your time with Jeff Beck. Because, yeah. I mean, that's not the trifecta of badasses right there yeah. in the Jeff guitar Beck world. Was, Jeff Beck was uh, when I was, like, in between Y&T and Journey mm. in the 70s. And wow. it was uh, the up... Uh, Jeff Beck and up with Jan Hammer. No shit. And it was it was very cool. <laughs> it was very cool. Yeah, that's slightly understatement. I mean, yeah. what a lineup. Jesus yeah. Christ, that it must was have been great. fun. Yeah, this is great. The, the his, you you kind of do need to write a book, brother. I mean, if it, I, I've heard this about my career a little bit too. Yeah. But um, it, I struggle to keep things linearly. You know, and so remembering it, it seems very daunting. But uh, but I would read your book. I yeah. bet it would be fascinating. Charlie Hernandez always said that we should grab a bunch of us old tour manager, production managers, jump on a bus, yeah. and go through every city 
you know, major city in in the nation. Just to and, trigger memories and, and just stories. trigger memories. Yeah, yeah. that's not exactly. a bad idea. That's actually pretty clever. Exactly. Yeah. And you kind of capture your memories as you're yeah. there, and then come back. And I can imagine that working very well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that production some, manager's version of like Sound City or something. Yes, that would, exactly. Imagine how like cool that cool. would be. Yeah, that would be really cool. It would be. And I bet you could sell that idea really easy. I think so. Yeah, well. we shouldn't have said it live. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Just make sure I'm on it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Scotty Ross, give him a call. You, yeah. you really can't do a tour manager, production manager thing like that without the great Scotty Ross. It would make no sense at all. Uh, and and. And sadly, losing people like Vanny Collins, who can you imagine what he would oh, have to say? If man, and so there's not a lot of That's time. And I don't mean this in a morbid way, but you know we're all on a clock. It's it's the leaf in the tree thing, and and if we're going to get certain knowledge and uh, experiences shared with the the world, we have a time limit to yes. get that done. So it's certainly something to think about. But um, and I can only imagine. Your book would be fascinating. It would be fascinating. Uh, you mentioned, we talked about Men at Work early on and the great success they had. And that, that's where you got your first kind of big break of touring around the world. Around Tell me the about world, the yes. feeling with that. I, I've always loved the, the travel part of the game. It, it was crazy with Men at Work, though, because um, it, the tour manager was actually a bodyguard mm. for, um, for, like, Dennis Wilson for mm -hmm. the Beach Boys. Sure, sure, yeah and for Fleetwood Mac. And he didn't know anything but first class. So there was eight of us on the crew that traveled on Pan Am at the time. Right. Traveled worldwide in first, first class. class. No shit. Wow. Enough, I mean, that after a year and a half, I mean, worldwide, I had enough points to take myself, my wife, and our best friends, couple, and we flew down to the Caribbean and stayed at like four star hotels <laughs> for a month. That's awesome. And then traveled around all the other islands. That's so good. And it was all first class. It was oh, crazy. Oh, that's amazing. You know, and, I mean, I was not very old then. Yeah. yeah. Good shit. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, and they were a fun band. You know, they, they brought a certain flavor to the scene at the time that I think was missing. And I think that's what helped kind of spawn that popularity that they had. So, yeah, they were interesting. Uh, do you have any advice? I mean, Scott, you've been doing this for a long time, and there's people that will be watching this that are all the different ranges of, uh, you know, the different part of the game, you know, from stagehands to uh, fellow uh, tour managers and production managers to promoters and owners. Uh, any advice for the youngsters, the young people that want to get into this game? Should they get into this game? Right. Is this something Always that listen. Listen to what other people have to say. Um, I've always been a big fan of asking my, the other guys that I work with. I mean, I say that as other guys, they, they're not below me. They're working with me. And I'll say, you know, maybe somebody's got a better idea. Please don't hesitate to say it, you know? It's Absolutely. like, I won't be offended. No, you're not, you just couldn't be more right about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's what you, you need to do. You need to listen. Sometimes shut up and listen. And don't be an egotistical fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great bit of advice, and we've heard it before. Uh, younger people struggle, I think, uh, keeping their eye on the prize and, and listening. But uh, I try to point out to some of the, the guys, you, 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 the gray kind of means something. There's, there's some extra time and extra tools in our toolboxes. And, you know, maybe 
pay attention that we're talking and, and we will try to do the same with you because these youngsters come up with, they're bringing a whole bunch of stuff that was a little outside of where we're, our comfort zone with the digital nature of things. Right. And so I couldn't agree with that advice anymore. Um, how heavy is the feeling of being a tour manager on some of the massive tours? You feel like the, the, the sense of responsibility. You know that it's, and in many ways, you're gonna go do a thing with Journey there are going to be 30,000 people out there, 60,000 eyes. Mm -hmm. Ticket prices aren't that cheap anymore. How do you right. carry that weight of the responsibility of knowing that in, in a way a lot of this falls to you to get all the disciplines and all the departments firing? Is, On all four. Yeah. Or all eight. Uh, uh, whatever it has <laughs> yeah, to be. 16 or whatever, yeah. Exactly. Um, it just, just work with the right people. Yeah. I mean, on Journey, it's like Rob Curran's my boss. And he's a production manager, tour manager, mm -hmm. which I'm just the road manager. So I handle the band. And he doesn't have to deal with the band, but he does the live show. But like with, with Van Halen, when I was tour manager, it was just always make sure that everybody's getting their money's worth. Yeah, sure. And, you know, don't falter on that at all. Yeah, and that's so. very important. Very, very important. With your vast many years of experience in this business, you know, this is a trick question, so there's no real good answer to it or bad answer uh, to it. You know, we've got this weird thing that's going on with the COVID-19 mm -hmm. and then there's some political upheaval and, you know, the, the country, the nation, the world really in many ways is a little changed and different. But, you know, people like us, as far as I'm concerned, the minute somebody gives me a green light, I'm stacks and racks and, you know, right, gone. Yeah. faders all up to fucking blast off and we're going to work. Uh, you got any sense of what the future holds for our industry? I, if you look at what's going on, you, you can see that I can't see a live indoor show until next year, like late next year. That sounds about right. I mean, but outdoor shows, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean, I've seen these setups, and Fuki and I were just talking about this, where they have like their own little zone. The corrals. Yeah, the corrals, corrals. they're all aluminum, sure. you know, and... Mm -hmm. I mean, setup. I mean, flooring for an outdoor show is one so thing. expensive. Is, each is, little tower. Yeah, Terrible exactly. And, so and, on, yeah. and uh, to put those things up now, on top of that, I mean, how the fuck is somebody going to afford a ticket? That, right. We were already doing shows with the production values being what they are with the large shows, where you had to sell eighty percent of the tickets just to get to profitability. Exactly, just get so, to that point. So adding in all this extra infrastructure, and then thinking arrogantly that we were some going to be able to control space of 30,000 people at a live concert situation is, I think, asking a lot. And depending, I mean, there may be some places in New Zealand, some uh, parts right. of, you know, uh, L, uh, London or, or the Hobbit Great Britain. Town. Yeah, where it may, you might have a little more where people are uh, willing to play along, I guess it is. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think we'll start probably first, like you said, outdoors. Maybe with still masks required. <clears throat> yeah. They'll probably be checking temperatures at the, right. at the gate. Right. And then we'll slowly evolve back into, you know, sheds and like barns. Two and seats in between. And something like that. Yeah. But it, to, to see that, the, how the that will make financial sense is a, is a little, little, little hard to. Yeah, 200 bucks right. a car right now is not, not yeah. that much. Well, in the car, I agree. The, the car's not, not I don't doable. Know if you guys have seen any of this, uh, which you know is fascinating, and 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 to repurpose uh, the drive-ins, which we grew up with. I mean, right. it was a part exactly. of our life. I love those. San Leandro, they took two great ones out. 
Yeah, I mean, just, 150th. Well, you know, the two great. The, the dirt under there is just so damn valuable, huh? you know, and you, you got to admit, a lot of those were dormant for a decade or two. Right. And then to repurpose them in this way to have these uh, these these shows, we did a couple. We did one with uh, Keith Urban, I think, with Brad Paisley uh -huh. out of our Tennessee shop, and it, it went well. But if you walk around as it's taking place, and you're, they're using that short short band FM. So mm -hmm. you're pulling it in on your radio. The, the, the cacophony of sound coming from all these different vehicles in different delay time, you know, the, it just, it's, it's a tricky one. It's very rough. But uh, it may be, you know, how we creep back out there. I know that there are some people doing uh, um, live streaming from actually event places. We have a, a show out right now with a, a rap star guy named G Easy, and he's taking over the independent for the evening. And uh, they'll do, like, they'll let 60 or 70 people in, kind of try to space them. But for the next little while, it looks like it's going to be a little tricky. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to still be able to see you come to the show, and the great Scotty Ross going to be making it all happen. Uh, we'll see that. We'll buddy, see. I, can't, I can't hear. I, I'm, at, can't I'm hear. at retirement age right now. So, <laughs> so but you know what? It's, it's, I've spent 48 years on the road, and it's time to spend 40, like, whatever I got left uh, with my wife and, and, you know, not handling my family like, like I do these band members, you know, well, that's the thing. I get where you're coming from. It would be a, a great loss to our industry if ah. for some reason out of you decide to hang up your tool belt and you, you put your flashlight on the shelf. Flashlight, but, yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, uh, you know that we, we love you, and I think I can speak for the majority of the, the heads in our industry. Uh, uh, the, the, the contribution. It's too kind. No, it's true, though, Scotty. The contribution you've made to this industry and some of the norms that you've set and the work ethic you've shown and the bands that you've brought along with your, your love and care and close attention to detail is, is priceless and a testament to you, sir. Well, thank you, sir. I very much want to thank, thank you, you for yeah, coming on for our coming show on. and traveling out here tonight. It's great to see you all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and, and thanks for being a part of our little shindig here. Thank you, brother. All right, my brother. Do well. Really looked forward to this interview, so it was great hearing from you. Oh, thank really you. Great to hear thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Um, my good, good friend, we got some people to thank. We sure do. We got a list. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I'll screw that up. I can't read that well. Um, but, <laughs> but again, just to mention, we're, we're kind of the podcast thing. We want to see that take in, you know, get feet. So if you want to hear what we do, we put, how many, what do we got? We got a 16 up so far. Oh, man, you're killing it. I yeah, know. That's not as easy as that sounds. We just strip the audio away and he pushes it up onto another platform. There's some work that goes into it. And, and so, you know. Good stuff, man. I really appreciate you doing that and dealing with that. We're, that's available on Amazon uh, Music, Google, um, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. And we hope you enjoy the content there. And we'll just keep adding as we create content and um, as we sift through it and do the preparations it takes to build that all up. Um, I would tell you our guest coming up uh, on Thursday is the the great James Geddes, but um, it actually doesn't make sense in this context. So. <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry, right. I'll sit on that. Just ignore that last little part. Uh, listen, I couldn't do this by myself. It's simple as that. The, 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 a large amount of the credit has got to go, has to go to uh, the good people at Sound Image. My, my dear brother, George Edwards, for giving us the space. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Georgie. And one and only CEO of Southern California Sound Image and all Sound Image, all Sound Image in it, all of his guys. This is the great Dave Shadone. Thank you, boss. Shadone, we love you, Dave. my brother. Thank you, Big Dick. He's our big dad, the, the overlord. Um, the good, good people uh, at large screen video. These are these are people that, like listen. You want to go big? You need you need uh, video services and lead on your show. You call large screen video. Uh, get a hold of Cameron Brown down there and his people. They are the best. They are the originators. Are you telling me they have large screens and video? <laughs> At LSV, you no call these people way. at LSV, and they get they got these large screens, guys are video, pro. and like like. But seriously, if you want to go big and you need the biggest, best lead wall ever, that's who you call. Check out Cameron Brown over there, and and I'm not going to stop doing this for a while. And we miss you, John Rigney, uh, from Large Screen Video. He passed recently, yeah. and it just sucks. And so, our love to all of you at Large Screen Video. You guys hang in there, and of course the good people at SlowFiber.com. We uh, we. We use them for, they help us out with uh, custom masks, sound image masks, so that the people in my other shops and ourselves can uh, work together uh, comfortably. So if, if you need these types of custom supplies, um, reach out to the people at large screen, at uh, fiber.com. Uh, they'll help you out. And, if, and it goes without saying, my dear, dear friend, co-executive producer and director, Michael Brown, who uh, does it all back there. He's, he's running the cameras, he's doing the audio, he's switching, he's general all-around badass. We're getting you a shirt, dude, that says The Octopus. The Octopus, it just hands going in all these different directions. It's <laughs> kind of a magical thing. Thank you, my brother, and of course, thank you, sir. Kyle uh, Thomas, we couldn't do it without you. Keeping up the fort with the, uh, and don't forget to get the after show picture with the. the I got it, I will. I don't have picture. a tweener headache this time. Uh, I'm yeah, not dipping out. He, he was broken last show. It just, uh, God had stepped on his neck or something and your head Good. was about to. I think explode. it was the smoke. There's too much smoke. Oh, stop it. There's never. Too many problem. fires around I need us, you Benny. to man up a little bit. <laughs> what about the smoking? Is, it's all in your head. I don't know what that's about. But. Do you ever like the beard on fire? Every so often. <laughs> yeah, the beard the beard has come victim to the Zippo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's like, well, it's another couple months. And my and I'm never gonna win this bet. I get a bet with Billy Gibbons that I'm gonna outgrow beards with him. And Not he's so he's got such a lead on me. I was thinking because you know, I got a I was a little younger, I might have a chance, but I'm gonna end up owing him five bucks no matter what happens. That's the deal. And there you go. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna lose that bet. <laughs> Listen, we love you guys. Uh, if you're enjoying what we're doing, please check us out on YouTube, Facebook Live, or Twitch. And remember, we do this thing every Thursday night at 7. So uh, mainly, take care of yourselves and be good to each other. We'll see you next week. Have a yes. good night. Bye-bye.